All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for giving us a little five-minute grace period as we allow people some extra Sunday morning time to trickle in. And thank you so much for being here bright and early uh, for our talk on an overview of EA funding opportunities by my good friend Caleb Parikh. Uh, Caleb leads EA funds, which includes the Long-Term Future Fund, the Animal Welfare Fund, the Global Health and Development Fund, and the EA Infrastructure Fund. So he's a busy guy. Uh, he is currently thinking about how to support small projects, epistemic norms, and also about commitment mechanisms in the board game Carcassonne. If you got that joke, you are at the right conference. Um, please join me in welcoming Caleb. Uh, and a quick reminder before we do, uh, there is a live discussion tab on this event in Swapcard. So as you hear Caleb's talk, have that open. And if you think of questions, you can pop them in there. Uh, we'll get to them in the Q&A. Even if you don't have a question, you can look through what other people are saying and upvote them so that the best ones get asked first. And um, we'll have a great discussion after Caleb's talk is done. All right, let's give Caleb a hand. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm Caleb, um, and I'm, I lead this grant-making organization. Um, and yeah, I was just excited um, to give like, an overview of what uh, funders got up to last year, because um, I know that sometimes the grant-making um, scene within EA can be a bit confusing. Um, yeah, so um, I'm planning on giving like, a, few, a few disclaimers, um, giving a quick note on um, transparency, uh, why that's great and why it's sometimes challenging. Um, I'll then give like a funding breakdown of like what um, public donations are moved like last year. Um, I'll give a quick comment on like um, future funding priorities as I see them. I don't want to give like my personal take on what I am excited to see in funding applications. Great. Um, so my, my long list of disclaimers. Um, first, <laughs> I'm not an employee um, of like Open Philanthropy or Longview or GiveWell. Uh, I'm only an employee of like EA Funds through um, Effective Ventures. Um, so I can only like speak for these organizations as an outsider. Um, yeah, getting the actual numbers on like total money granted is pretty confusing. Um, for example, like Open Philanthropy donated money to my organization, EA Funds, and it's like not obvious like where that should be counted. Um, and my figures do sometimes like double count donations. I, I try and be quite clear as to like what the figures like actually mean and, and what their weaknesses are. Um, but yeah, you should take all of this with like a pinch of salt. Um, and I'm pretty confident that I've made like some errors. Um, yeah. Um, grant makers also spend a bunch of time doing things that are not grant making. And I don't want to say this is like everything that like grant makers did last year, uh, as opposed to just like what grants I understand people made or what grants are like publicly made. Um, for example, like Holden wrote um, the blog post series Cold Takes, which I think is like really excellent. Um, and yeah, this wasn't like a grant that Open Philanthropy made. Um, most mistakes um, are my own. Um, but yeah, I want to give like props to openbook.fyi, which is like a website trying to like, aggregate like, the grants and donations that people made. Um, and we didn't use that data in the end, um, but I thought this was like a neat project and like um, was maybe like a bit of the reason that I decided to give this talk. Yeah, so I think transparency is actually really hard. Um, Explaining your reasoning for like why you made a grant, which is a thing that the EA community asks us to do a bunch, um, just like takes like a lot of time. Um, one fund manager said that writing up the reasoning for their grants um, took about three times as much time as actually making it in the first place. Um, 
and like responding to critics or like people that are like confused in the forum or like over email also just takes up a lot of time from people that could otherwise uh, be making grants. Um, it's also difficult to say like negative things about our grantees. Um, we're quite keen like uh, at like, EA funds to so, like fund everything down to some like level of like um, yeah like cost effectiveness. Um, and that means that we fund like lots of projects that we're like very hit space. It means that we fund like lots of projects that we're like only like somewhat excited about, and fund some projects that we're really excited about. Um, but it's quite hard to be like, hey, like you know, we, we think this grant, we're, like we think it's like probably not going to work, but we thought it was like a reasonable bet um, because like I don't know that makes like grantees sad and it makes people like overly like, negative update on them um, because we don't have like a culture of, of doing that at least not yet. Um, and it's just like, it can look like you're like punching down on like small organizations. And that's like not super, not super fun for them. Um, yeah, sometimes grants are sensitive uh, or grantees just like won't accept money if they need to disclose um, like certain funding relationships. Um, for example, some grants don't want to be associated with the EA movement, um, so they can like talk more easily to like policymakers um, or yeah, like other, like other sensitive contexts. Um, Great. But I also think that transparency is like really, really great. Um, that's one of the reasons that I'm giving this talk. Um, it helps keep organizations accountable to like a wider set of people. Though I do think the exact set of people that like each fund should feel accountable is like pretty confusing and like not obvious. Um, it makes um, it definitely makes it easier for donors to understand like what they're actually giving to. Um, and it provides a signal for what like a, a group of people who are like have thought a bunch about like what grants they want to make. Um, are prioritizing, and then like uh, the rest of the community can maybe like incorporate that, that a little bit into their own prioritization of different projects. Yeah, so this is like the publicly reported spending um, by fund, for, for what I understand of it, in 2022. Um, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm basically going to like show some graphs and then talk about all of the weaknesses in the graphs and why I shouldn't update you like too much. Um, so this doesn't include like investments, um, and it does not include any like non-public grants, uh, which could change the ordering. Although I don't think it um, changes anything like more than more than three x. I know that three x is, is a lot. Um, yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah. Another thing to say here is that like founders pledge. Um, I listed them because they have some like funds, like the Patient Philanthropy Fund, for example. Uh, but I think that the vast majority of the money that they move is through like recommendations that, that aren't listed here. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think that sometimes it's really good to have like the sort of the base rates just like cashed. Um, and like maybe, um, yeah, when I actually made the, made the chart, I was like, oh, I just actually learned like some things about like how much money is like, allocated like to global health. Uh, and like well-being, and how much money is like allocated to like, long-termist organizations, or like building, or things that are just trying to like, build the EA community. Um, I think that many people will be interested in grants that are like less than like 300k, which is kind of arbitrary number, uh, because like maybe this is the, um, yeah, maybe these are like the size of grants you need to like start a new organization, like to start a new project, um, transition to like a different career. Um, or like maintain like a small organization which might not have like, existing relationships with funders. Um, so like from what I understand, um, this is like the absolute number of grants that are made in 2022, um, broken down by each uh, grant maker. This doesn't include oh sorry, and these are only publicly reported grants. So for example, the FDX Future Fund made a lot, made, as from what I can tell, made like a lot of grants through their main and re main program and regranting program. So that number should be like much higher. Um, 
And I included Jan Tallinn um, as a funder because he funds the Survival and Flourishing Fund uh, and Survival and Flourishing Projects, and also just like funds like lots of things like personally and like publicly reports those things. Um, but yeah, um, I think this gives like a, a reasonable breakdown um, for like people that don't have existing relationships with funders and the kinds of uh, people that like, might take bets on them. Um, yeah, and we just like made a lot of grants to like new speculative projects, and I think that's like really really cool, um, like as a community. Um, yeah, some I'm going to talk quickly about like a few funders um, that I haven't mentioned, um, but are still. Uh, or from what I can tell, doing like lots of work and like very active. Um, so, for example, like Longview um, philanthropy uh, recommends grants in the areas of like AI, biosecurity, nuclear weapons, and to a lesser extent, global priorities research. Um, Longview asked me to say that they're not currently accepting grant applications. Um, that their work with AI. Um, Alignment has been like mostly with established organizations, but it's included like a few new governance projects and technical scholarships. Um, and they have like a, a major focus on helping out like new donors what to do with their giving. Um, so if you know wealthy people who would like to do the most good possible, um, yeah, I'd recommend talking to like Longview either at this conference so you can shoot them an email. And um, yeah, they're pretty happy to like connect and like help figure out um, yeah how to like find the highest leverage opportunities um, with people's money, which is, which is really great. Um, and then like Founders Pledge, um, yeah, Founders Pledge um, asks like new founders to commit a proportion um, of their like personal proceeds from like liquidity events, um, so charities, and then advises them on like how to do that most effectively. Um, so they make like recommendations based on cause areas, um, and they do their own research and their own charity evaluation, which is which is um, and which is really great. Um, uh, and then in addition to that, there's like a separate service. Um, they have um, four like managed funds, uh, like the Climate Change Fund, the Global Health and Development Fund, the Patient Philanthropy Fund, and the Global Catastrophic Risks Fund. Um, and then they've just listed the amounts of like money that was like moved to high impact charities um, like here. Um, below, so overall, they estimate that the sort of like counterfactual donations that they're like pretty confident that they moved is like 20, is 24 million dollars. Uh, but again, these numbers are like really hard to work out because like if founders page didn't exist, like maybe some of these like startup founders would like still be um, within like the EA movement and would want to like work out how to like give to the highest leverage places and would still be like you know like altruistically motivated and would they give some of that money anyway. Um, so yeah, I think you should take like, all of these numbers with like a pinch of salt um, because there are a bunch of like cruxes that could actually end up being like pretty meaningful to the, the bottom line numbers. Um, but yeah, again, I think it's pretty useful to have like these sort of base rates, um, cash sometimes, um, so you can like understand like what an organization like does. Um, yeah, like very obvious things that are missing from here. GiveWell, for example, um, they, as far as I can tell, they haven't published uh, their numbers on like 2022 donations, um, but they moved like five, more than $500 million to their top charities, which is more than like any of the charities in, in the figure. But then a lot of that money came from like open philanthropy, global health and well-being. So then like, yeah, important to like know if you're like double counting the numbers. Um, but yeah, I, I, but a lot of it also came from like the EA community and was like, or like was donated through like giving what we can or like individual donors like yourselves. Um, and this is just like 
I don't know. This is an insane amount of money that was moved to like some of the poorest people in the world, and like it helps make like a meaningful difference to their lives. And then, I don't know. It's just like kind of awesome. Um, yeah. And then of course like individual donors um, and like slash giving what we can, which is like an organization that makes it. Oh yeah. GWWC is like is giving what we can. Uh, I should, probably should have expanded that. Um, but yeah, this is an organization that encourages people to like sign sign a pledge. Um, to give um, at least like 10% um, of their income uh, before tax um, to like impactful projects or yeah things that like do a lot of good in the world. Um, yeah, and, and last year, which was um, in many ways like a terrible year for like giving because of like decline in tech stocks and, and crypto. Um, yeah, at least 13 million dollars of donations are made through like the Giving What We Can platform, which is probably like a, a smaller amount than that was like sort of counter that was like could be counted like legitimately as like sort of going through Giving What We Can that came from pledges. Um, and yeah, and I think like most of Giving What We Can and Founders Pledge and like yeah maybe Long and from some of these other organizations are less from like you know directing or um, donations like through the through their platforms and more from like creating a culture of like effective giving um, and getting people to like sign a pledge to donate 10% of their like income, which is just like um, kind of a crazy and awesome thing to do. Um, I didn't reach out to any of these other organizations um, because I felt like I didn't have the time. But there's also like FLI, uh, so the Future of Life Institute, um, Effective Giving ACE or Animal Charity Evaluators, Farmed Animal Funders. Uh, my friend recently told me that there are like a bunch of other funders in the animal welfare space um, that are, um, yeah, often like, like sort of like donor cycles, or a collection of individuals that are excited about like ending um, factory farming uh, and make like, um, yeah, and, and make like a bunch of grants. Uh, but I haven't listed them here, uh, partly because I wasn't sure, um, yeah, um, how publicly they wanted to be, and mostly because I couldn't find like their websites and things. Um, but I think that they, like all of these organizations are, as far as I can tell, doing things and making grants. Um, I just like don't know how much money they're actually moving each year. Um, but yeah, like a bunch of people at this conference like work for these organizations, and you should totally reach out to them if you're curious about their work. Um, great. Um, I said in the description that I would talk about future funding priorities, but I was a little bit confused. What I when I came to like, writing these slides, I was a bit confused as to like what I actually wanted to say here. Um, I think people at EAGs often come up to me and ask like, what we're excited about funding. Um, and I, the general advice that I give is, hey, you should look at our website and see uh, our like, public grants database and see the things that we're, like, we say we're excited about funding. Um, yeah, I'm a pretty big fan of like, um, using tools like reference class forecasting, which is just like, looking at the things that happened in the past and then like, thinking that things like, probably won't change like, that much, um, even though it is like, a new year. Um, and I feel like most funders um, haven't had like, very large updates since like, in the last year about what their funding priorities should be. Or insofar as they have had updates about like what is important to do in the world, there haven't been like many excellent opportunities that can just take like another billion dollars um, that people can just like sort of switch into. Um, yeah. Um, so I recommend that you just like look at people's websites and you like see the things that they say they're excited about funding. And when organizations like OpenFill or like EA Funds like write about their grants, um, you can see the kinds of things that they actually like put money on the line. So like, hey, we're excited about this, uh, and you can sort of like extrapolate from that. Um, yeah, the EA Forum also has like a tag 
uh, I wasn't sure how to like direct people towards that tag efficiently. I don't expect you to type in this URL here, but I thought I had to do something. Um, but yeah, if you go on the on the effective altruism forum and type in like funding opportunities, uh, I think you'll like very easily get to this like tag uh, and it lists just like a bunch of like the, the lists all the funding opportunities that I'm aware of. Although I'm sure that there are more. Uh, I think it also indicates which which have like open programs that you can just like send an application to, um, like like very easily in just like you know like half an hour. Um, and yeah, I think that doing this, and this will take like 10 minutes, will probably give you like a better understanding of like random funds that you're interested in, current funding priorities, and me like sort of just talking about like what the funds, um, yeah, like I'm talking about each fund like, in particular. Um, yeah, I do think one thing to note is that like many funders don't have like open programs listed. Um, when, when people don't have open programs listed, um, it generally means that they um, don't want to like evaluate unsolicited unsolicited applications. Um, so like the fund um, maybe thinks there's like a better use of their time to like try and like make new projects happen in the world or like go and approach people or like look at organizations that have had a track record and people know about them for like a few years or, or similar. Um, and like people, like funders will sometimes like approach you if you're in like an organization that they're like excited about funding. Um, but like some things that you could do um, if you're uh, if you think that a funder might be interested in your work, is you could like write about like non-sensitive projects um, on like the EA forum, uh, and like most projects aren't sensitive, and I think it's great to talk about them. Uh, and then like funders like totally use the EA forum. I use the EA forum quite a lot. I think it's great in lots of ways. Um, and we have like EA funds um, has like funded at least like five um, applications uh, which we weren't aware of. Um, based on like forum posts, oh, so either weren't aware of or like the or the forum posts like helped us evaluate the application. The other thing you can do um, is you can apply to my organization, EA Funds, and we have like an open application form for like the EA cause areas, um, yeah, the go like global health and well-being, um, animal welfare, EA infrastructure, um, and like safeguarding the long-term future. Uh, and if your project like falls into like one of these categories, and I think it like often does, um, you can just apply to like one of the funds. Uh, and the application forms are like, um, depending on the fund, are just like open like most of the time. And we try and get back to people like fairly quickly. Um, we also refer people to other funders sometimes, and this is the thing that I'm interested in doing more, more of. Um, so like, um, yeah. I think sometimes people are concerned that like maybe they'll just like, apply to like the wrong thing, uh, like the wrong like fund, the EA funds, or like sort of the wrong person, uh, and that's the reason that they don't get funding. And I think that does sometimes happen, um, but I think that like at least from my perspective, this happens like way less um, than you might think, um, because like the funders like sometimes talk to each other, and sometimes I'm like, hey, Longview, I think this like nuclear security thing is like really interesting, but I don't really know very much about nuclear security, and like maybe you should consider funding it. And sometimes Longview are like, yeah, we're already aware of this, and we're like interested in funding it, um, and that's yeah, and that's really great. Yeah, I don't think I have like, much more to say um, on this topic, but I'm pretty excited to do like Q&A, so as Eric said before. Um, oh, sorry, I do have more to say. That was very embarrassing. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about what I like to see in applications. Um, yeah, so to be clear, you don't need to show any of these qualities uh, when you apply to like, my organization. I can't really speak to other organizations um, to, like, to get funding. Um, and this is mostly like my opinions, and it might not generalize like other fund managers like really well. Um, but 
I would bet that it um, does generalize reasonably well, which is why I thought it was like, helpful to share it. Um, yeah. So I think it's really great when applicants show like a high degree of transparency in their applications. Um, most non-EA grant making, like in academia and like other areas that I've seen, has been pretty like adversarial. Um, like it's kind of like a weird relationship, right? There's like projects that like really want money and believe that like, that's like the best place for my money to go, and they're kind of like, in some ways, they're kind of out to get like the funders, and the funders are like always aware that like you know the grantees are sort of out to like sort of um, they're incentivized at least to like deceive them or like get their money from them, uh, and so they like have to be like really skeptical and um, like do like lots of. Um, like checks and it like just like ends up taking like a lot of time because of this like adversarial relationship and leads to like not the best things getting funded from, from what I can tell. Um, whereas like I think my vision for like EA grant making is much more cooperative um, because like one side has like a bunch of money and the other side um, like own or are building like machines to convert that like that money into like impact. Um, and like both sides want the money to go wherever it's gonna be like highest leverage, wherever it's gonna be like most cost effective. And we're like kind of on the same team. Like when we make a grant, like the grant makers feel like they're winning. Um, and they think that like when you, people like don't receive grants, uh, but they look at like, you know, the, the, the website and see like um, projects that are like kind of reasonable, they should like kind of all also feel like they were winning. In some sense, they were like part of this process, um, and you just needed like enough applications or projects to like actually like make things happen in the world. Uh, and I don't think that people should feel like, um, yeah. Um, I think like, my personal view is that people shouldn't feel like failures or that like, they're not contributing if they're like not getting funded. Because like I think just like enough people need to like apply for us to find like the best things. And like, just putting yourself out there, I don't know. I just think that's kind of awesome. Um, yeah. Anyway, so the other thing that I like to see is like, a thoughtful theory of change. Um, it can be pretty hard for grant makers to understand like why your project is actually um, the most like important thing for us to fund, or like above like you know um, the bar for funding. Um, so like laying out like the explicit case uh, and kind of explaining like in five way is actually just like pretty useful for uh, understanding like why a project is even useful. Um, I also think it like gives us some more insight into like how you reason about things. And often we're looking to, well often I think I'm looking to fund like people, and seeing that re people are reasoning about things in like a sensible way is just super helpful. Um, yeah, I like clear goals and a plan for measuring them. I don't think there's much more to add here. Um, one book that I think is like underrated, but sometimes it's talked about in EA, is like how to measure anything. Um, you don't have to read this book to get funded at EA funds or other grant makers, as far as I'm aware. But I totally recommend reading this book um, if you, um, yeah, want to like really understand like how much impact your project is happening in the world. I think it's re really interesting. Um, but yeah, you d um, some projects don't lend themselves well to having clear goal, uh, having like clear plans for measuring goals, and we're not like, yeah, we, um, yeah, we want to like fund the work that does the most good in the world, as opposed to like the work that is like most measurable. Um, but yeah, if this is a feature of a project, that's always pretty helpful. Yeah, I think like evidence of having tested some of your uncertainties before you like apply for funding, like. Have you spent a few weekends um, trying to do research before doing it full time? Or have you run a survey to see how much demand there is for your, your, your product? Um, or have you done other like, empirical investigations to see if like, you know, you're actually tackling the heart of a problem? Um, 
and I try to test as many points of failure as possible. I think you'd be surprised how many people like don't do this before applying for funding. Um, but you can do like I claim you can just do a lot of stuff without having any funding. And I, many of I think of the most impactful things or the things that like retrospectively feel like most useful to me that I've done um, probably like one like. Um, during my time as a grant maker, or like were well, during my time as a grant maker, but weren't like actually utilizing funding, um, which is kind of surprising in some ways. Um, yeah, and then there's like, in, and then like, if you include information on why like this grant in particular is like high impact, um, then your counterfactual options. So like you are, many of you are like extremely talented people, and you can do like many different things. And when you apply for a grant, you're saying like, hey, I think that this grant is going to be like a better use of my time than all of the other things that I can do. Uh, and sometimes when you're a grant maker, you're like, huh, like I don't really understand. Like I think this grant is like pretty great, but I don't really understand why this is like actually better than like all of the other things that this person could have done. Like maybe they should have just like got a software engineering job at Google and like become like a really like kick-ass software engineer instead of like like upskilling. Um, and like I think it's helpful for people to like maintain a few hypotheses hypotheses about like why this thing is like the most useful thing. Um, and sometimes it can make sense to talk about these things uh, before you just like, yeah, um, talk about these things in your application. And so we can like get more insight into like why this is actually the highest leverage thing for you to do. Um, and sometimes, um, I think it's like fairly rare, and we normally talk to the grantees first, but we're like, um, yeah, like when we see people's counterfactual options and we believe that they're actually more impactful, we can like just like talk to the grantee and we can be like, hey, like we're actually really excited about you doing this other thing that you're less excited about, and let's like figure out like why, um, yeah, um, we're like um, our, our opinions are differing here on the usefulness of like that other thing. Uh, and sometimes people like then like turn down grants or we reject grants on the basis that like actually this like you know we've decided that this isn't the best use of people's time, even though. Um, in isolation, this grant might pass our bar. Um, yeah, as I said, um, these like last points are pretty like like my personal opinions of what I like to see when I actually like sit down and evaluate grants and like move money to people. Um, I think they, I do expect them to generalize reasonably well to the grant makers that I've listed. Um, but yeah, they're definitely not from those other grant makers, and like other people have like things like on their websites about what they like to see, and I recommend um, yeah like reading. Like the OpenFill and GiveWell blogs, um, and like our EA forum posts um, for like more of this kind of information. Cool. So I think this is the actual end of my talk. Um, yeah, thank you very much um, for listening. And I think um, yeah, Eric and I are going to do some Q and A now, and you can submit questions on the on the swap card. Caleb, thank you so much. It's very, very cool to hear your inside scoop on this complicated funding landscape, to say the least. Um, yes, as Caleb said, uh, Swap Card Live Discussion tab is the place to be right now. Um, if you go to the Questions sub tab, you can add a question there, and then you can also upvote other people's, and uh, we'll try to go roughly in the order of what people seem most interested in. Um, so to start off, actually, you just gave us some really helpful insights about what you like to see in general in a grant application, you know, things like transparency and reasoning. Um, Joseph has a question that's a bit more specific, uh, which is at the actual level of projects, what are the not yet existing proposals that you wish people were applying for funding for? Are there any that are sort of on yeah. your wish list? Um, so I think often I have like 
less satisfying answers to this question um, than people expect. Um, because if there are cache projects that I have in mind that I think are really useful, I tend to just like try and like make them happen in the world. And then like when they when they don't happen, then I'm like, oh, that project was actually like less good than I thought for all these reasons that I only realized when I tried to make it happen in the world. Um, yeah, like the most salient thing that comes to mind um, that I'm currently thinking about, like right now, um, is like I think it just really sucks that there aren't like more people doing information security um, within EA. Uh, I think like information security is going to be like really, really useful um, for like a bunch of reasons, um, but like primarily, um, yeah, like securing like models at like um, large AI labs. Uh, and I'm not aware right now of like many programs. Um, that are like trying to like solve solve this problem. I think solving this problem is really hard, and, and it's not like people are just like you know stupid and like not trying or something. Um, but yeah, I was like a little bit surprised um, that like this is the thing that people have been talking about for like a number of years. But it doesn't feel like we're like yet um, to have made like a bunch of progress in like solving sort of this like, bottleneck. Um, so if you have ideas for like how to get like more excellent information security people, um, yeah, I'm super, super happy to chat with you. Uh, or you can email me, and I'll be pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, another thing that I'm interested in is like career transition grants. Um, like, yeah, I guess these aren't like actual like projects that people would start, but um, I think I have had like, just like a number of cases where people um, have been doing some like pretty like demanding job, like mid-career. Uh, and it's just not really feasible for them to just like sort of quit and then just like kind of like sit around for like a few months um, whilst they like sort of wait for new opportunities to appear. Um, we've we've had an opportunity to like make a few grants, um, either like at like a fraction of their old salary or like matching their old their old salaries to people um, like a few years into their career, um, which have just given them like space to like think and like reorient to the world and like work out like what opportunities are highest leverage. Uh, and I've had like an, over a number of cases where people have like by my lights um, started doing like just like pretty useful work um, when before they were like mostly in like a skilling up phase. Um, and yeah, maybe I want a signal boost that this is totally a thing that you can apply to like EA funds. I think OpenFill maybe also has like programs um, like this. Um, and I think that these can just be like really awesome. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I'm happy to move on to other other questions. Nice. Okay, actually, I was curious if I could bother you for a follow up on both of those points oh, um, cool. before we do. So. I guess, first of all, information security is a great example of something that you want to see more of in the world. Does EA Funds ever put out like a formal request for proposals of, hey, we want to see exactly this kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and yeah, what goes into that decision making? Yeah, so we haven't done a request for proposals um, for some time. And to my knowledge, nor has OpenFill or many other grant makers. Uh, I think because like in general, requests for proposals um, haven't done super well in like starting um, yeah, like really exciting, like kind of factual projects. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised by this. I would like, naively think they would do super well, and I'm trying to figure out like whether they haven't gone super well historically. Um, I think Claire Zabel wrote like a piece um, about like why people should consider doing information security in their careers on like the EA forum. I, this isn't exactly a request for a proposal, but it is like a grant maker. Um, sorry, Claire Zabel works at Open Philanthropy, um, as I think a um, sorry, yeah, she works at Open Philanthropy on the long term side. Um, and yeah, she wrote a piece about like why EA should um, consider careers and like um, 
cybersecurity. Uh, I think Holden Konofsky, who um, until very recently was the co-CEO of Open Philanthropy, and I think now is like taking a break um, to work on um, evals at Arc. Um, um, yeah, also wrote a piece recently about like what you should do if you're like a long-termist and like want to use your career to do the most good. And I think he also said something about like, hey, people should consider careers in cybersecurity. Uh, these aren't quite the same as like requests for proposals, but I do, I do think they're like clear signals from grant makers that they're like excited about something, even if they're not quite sure like what the project actually looks like, or uh, other than just people deciding like, hey, I'm going to go and try and be an awesome cybersecurity person. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I share your intuition that you'd think request proposals would be great, because you have these people whose job is to look at the whole landscape, make grants. They'd have some great intuitions about what's really promising, and then people can just jump on that. But yeah, yeah I wonder if maybe that thing you mentioned of the academic sort of grant-making space being more adversarial, I wonder if there's something going on there, if, if people feel like they have sort of the key to the test, and they can just sort of like write to whatever someone is looking for, it's a little bit different than. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not really sure. I, I do think that like, a good use of my time would be like writing um, like a request for proposals type thing. Um, and this is like an experiment that I should run. And maybe this is like another nudge to like do, do that thing. Um, there you go. Yeah. All right, we've got some great questions from the audience here. Um, so Giuseppe is wondering uh, two things, one pretty short. Um, first of all, what is a typical turnaround for a grant application? I guess for EA funds specifically, but if you can comment, we're probably too, that's great. Um, and then also, what do you do when applying to maximize chances of success if you're in a sort of less well-defined cause area? So for example, one that is more meta or sort of combines multiple causes, any advice there? Yeah, um, so on the first question, turnaround times, obviously this is different for different funds, um, and things have been like particularly crazy in light of recent events in the grant-making world. Um, and sometimes this affects, like, this creates delays. Um, I think, yeah, on average, we get back to people in 29 days. Uh, that's mean, um, mean response time. Um, but yeah, we aim to get back to everyone like, within eight weeks. Um, yeah, that's, that's my answer for the first question. Uh, and then on the second question, what should you do if you're in, Ill, in like, an ill-defined cause area? Um, yeah, I think that, like, to my knowledge, EA funds is the only place with like a sort of like an open application form that is open like all the time that anyone can apply to um, with like just sort of any random project. Um, so I think like applying, yeah, sorry, again, I run EA funds and so I obviously have more context than EA funds and like I have less context than other grant makers. And uh, it could be that other programs like do exist. But yeah, I, I personally would recommend applying um, to, to EA funds, um, and just like, yeah, maybe like lay out like a clear theory of change for your projects, and like you could like say like why um, you think that it's like um, higher leverage than like, or like more cost effective than like other cause areas. Uh, maybe you could ha like, explain like a hypothesis for like why other people haven't decided to work on this area, um, or like why like right now is it the best time to work on this area and it wasn't like historically. Um, yeah, I guess like it depends on the specifics. I don't really have like great generalizable cash thoughts for things that are like pretty niche, um, sort of by definition. Um, but yeah, um, I think that would be my general advice um, for yeah for this kind of thing. Nice. Out of curiosity, is that sort of the origin story for EA funds? Is trying to fill this niche of having an application that's just sort of always open for people? Or I know you weren't there at the very beginning, but yeah, I I wasn't there at the very beginning. I'm I'm really not sure, but I do. 
I personally see this as like one of the main value adds, um, or it seems like to me an important piece of like community infrastructure. If your model for like EA, or part of your model for EA is like, hey, we like get people to like really care about like the world and like. Um, then they need to like actually do things, and some of them will like join organizations. But presumably, we want new organizations and projects to start. And like, oh, it'd be great if there was like a, a thing that people could do to like get money for those things more easily. Um, and so, like, I see it as like one of the main value adds. Uh, I think other fund managers think we're adding value in like other places. Um, but yeah, it's, it's plausible. I'm, I'm I'm not sure whether that's the original uh, intention. Gotcha. Definitely, definitely value add though. I'd say. Um, okay, Adam is wondering, uh, do you forecast the outcomes of your grants? Yeah, um, this is a good question. Um, so, um, yeah, the idea of like forecasting the outcomes of your grants is like, you know, maybe we're all just really bad. <laughs> maybe we're like fun we're funding kind of random projects and we're not able to like, I don't know, beat the like sort of like natural like market or something, or just like people like, just random donors deciding, um, or we're just like systematically like making like bad grants because we're like. Um, attaching too much weight to just like signals that are kind of anti-correlated with like impact. Um, yeah, OpenFill, which is an organization that I, I don't, um, I'm not employed by, um, has like a cool post about like um, how like calibrated they are based on like forecasts for their grants. Uh, I do think that like forecasts in like this sort of like long term space are like harder to like do. It's harder to find like actual like meaningful signals that are like sort of resolve in like ways that yeah like in sort of satisfying and like meaningful ways or something um and like making predictions actually does take time um i am like probably more bullish mostly out of naivety on our fund managers making predictions and i yeah um recently built a bunch of infrastructure or like some infrastructure to like do that um but like main infrastructure is like not very good. So if you're able to like <laughs> build better infrastructure than me, which you probably, which you may well be, um, you maybe should chat with me and we can yeah talk about how to do this. Um, but yeah, um, so to answer the original question, um, is some, sometimes um, I don't make it like a requirement for like offer managers. Um, I think that like this is sort of on a, a case by case basis. Um, I do think that people should like move in this, move in this way like directionally. Um, yeah, I don't have like ideas. I don't have like specific numbers or like a specific proportion of um, applications that we make like very concrete predictions. I do think on many applications, people will use like a prediction style of reasoning. Um, something like, oh yeah, like I'd be like this surprised, or like I'd be like seventy percent. I'm seventy percent confident that like, this project will get to like X points in like X or in like N years time. Um, and you can like look back at those in like a few months and like see like did it get to X point in N years time? Um, yeah. Do you ever ask like grantees or potential grantees to do that kind of forecasting as well? Um, no, we, we haven't historically asked uh, grantees to do this kind of forecasting. We might ask them like questions uh, related to like our predictions um, to like help us get a sense of like what our predictions should look like when we do make them. Um, but no, I, I think part of this is for like sort of good hearting reasons, and um, it's pretty hard to communicate with grantees in a way that like they don't like sort of over update on and sometimes we just like ask questions uh, and they're like only kind of related to like the impact thing and people think that they're like this is the thing that the grant maker really cares about and I'm like oh no I actually don't care about that thing very much I just think it's kind of correlated with the thing that I do care about and it's like you know all the signals are really bad and this is just like one signal that was like salient to me um, yeah so like this is generally like not a thing that we've done but it would be interesting in like working out if there are like ways of leveraging this better in, a, in, in ways that don't just like create more confusion sure definitely 
Um, okay, speaking of that grantee to grantor relationship, um, Sarah is wondering, what are the most common reasons for grant applications being declined? Yeah, obviously I can only speak for EA funds, um, but um, yeah, I think like the most common reason, which isn't very interesting, is like, like we have an open application uh, that anyone can apply to for anything, um, which means that we get a lot of applications that are just like not to do with like the thing that the fund is about um, in like kind of like obvious ways. Um, and so like these applications like um, get rejected at like the first stage of, of our process. Um, but yeah, that's. But I imagine that if you're like at this conference, um, you probably are not going to submit like one of these applications. Um, it's yeah, it really is like a pretty like low bar for for this point. And then like past there, um, yeah, uh, I think it's probably some combination of like not like convincing us that the person can like execute well like on the idea. Um, and then often, like not being convinced, the idea is like aimed at like a meaningful thing, like in the first place. Um, like obviously, these things are like somewhat subjective, um, and yeah, you're like forced to make like pretty tough calls most of the time. And like the grantees don't see, we don't publish like all the rejected grants. Maybe, maybe we should, but like grantees don't see like what what their grant like trades off against, or like in like some like absolute sense like, necessarily. Um, and that would give them people like, that would give people some like more information on like why why you make different decisions. Um, but yeah, it's, it's probably like not, not having like a clear theory, theory of change that is like actually targeting the thing that like the fund sort of cares most about, or like um, yeah, not convincing us that they can execute well on like whatever their their plan is. Um, these are extremely vague answers, and I'm I'm sorry, but maybe um, yeah, like it's pretty low cost to just apply. I don't think it actually takes like very long. Um, and like that is like a concrete, yeah. Like um, I imagine that this question is asked like in the spirit of like working out how to like write the application. And I think like in general, um, when people are like doing the work out how to write the application moves, insofar as it's not just like benefiting the project and making it better, um, it generally, um, in like in my view, is kind of a w yeah, is is kind of a waste of time. Um, I do think that m making an application better can like help clarify your own ideas and help you like. You know, explore like how your project can go wrong, and then like mitigate those things sort of in advance, and like that kind of thing. I'm like a big fan of. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess one perk of your open application is you can always apply and then try again. If you know. That is that is totally a thing that you can do, and we've totally rejected people, and they have reapplied, and then we've like given them money sometimes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Do grantees ever get access to that feedback of you know your reasoning for why it wouldn't have worked out the first time, so they can iterate? Yeah. Yeah, we sometimes get feedback, but we try and make it pretty clear that by default we don't give feedback. Um, this is mostly for the organization, the reasons that I um, talked about like upfront, which is like, hey, transparency is actually pretty hard and costly, and like, yeah, like when I have given feedback to grantees, it like actually just like has taken longer um, than. Um, yeah, like writing the application. Sorry, evaluating the application sometimes, um, which is yeah, like means that we just like make fewer grants and few, fewer things like actually end up getting funded because we have like limited bandwidth. Um, yeah. Nice. Okay, potentially tricky question for you. Very cool. Um, if you could instantaneously right now put into place one or two changes to the way funding across all of EA currently works, what would they be and why? Yeah, um, I think this is a pretty tricky question. Sorry to put you <laughs> that's, on that's good. I, I I think this is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about this like a few days ago, 
Um, and I don't think I have like really great like cache thoughts right now for like things that would like can be generalized sort of like across across EA. Um, I think that one thing that would be yeah pretty cool is like working out how to coordinate between funders um, with uh, while still avoiding sort of like bad incentive mechanisms. Um, so like one example of this is like. Um, you can imagine that like, the goal of the funder is like to like have as many good things kind of happen in the world while spending like you know the least resources. Um, so so if I say to like another fund like hey you know we'd be excited um, we're excited about like this thing that you're also like this other area that you're also working in um, and like can you just pass on like any rejected applications um, which is a thing that I, I sometimes do. Um, like, like they are then incentivized to like reject more applications, um, like particularly like and maybe reject the best applications that are clearly above the bar, um, so that we, so that then like we look at it and we're like, oh yeah, this is like clearly above our bar, and so like then we should fund this thing, and then the money came out of our side rather than like their side. And I think in general people are like much more cooperative. Like, sorry, in my experience, people are more cooperative in this, um, but sometimes like. The like inefficiencies um, aren't down to like people being like malicious or like they're not down to like you know people like cognizantly like making these like um, like adversarial action, uh, um, actions are between fun uh, between funds uh, and they're just like I don't know like, people kind of just like follow like incentives sometimes um, so that's like one thing um, that I I'm trying to figure out how to like work on because I think it can be like really helpful if we were able to coordinate in like a, like. In a better way. There are other problems with like coordination as well, which I think are like kind of open. Um, yeah, and then like another thing that I would be excited about is like, yeah, I'd be pretty excited about more retrospective evaluation. Um, yeah, I, I want to reiterate these are just like my takes, and I think there are other smarter and more sensible people that like would just like, strongly disagree. Um, but yeah, I, I do think in like particularly like long termists and like weird like EA meta cause areas, um, people are sometimes so in the mind of like, oh man, the thing just isn't measurable because like you know the timelines are just like so long or whatever. Um, we just shouldn't like do any empirical investigations and just rely on our like judgment or something. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I think this is actually I think this is like pretty true for like lots of like lots of things and making like, the long run future go well or like shaping like third order flow through effects or something. Um, but I think sometimes people give up on this like too quickly, um, and like sometimes you just do have opportunities to like measure things. And like when you're like, uh, and like when you're like in a mindset of like, ah man, nothing is like ever worth measuring. Sometimes I think you miss kind of like obvious things. Um, and I'm like pretty excited about like, yeah, I'm excited about grantees finding ways to measure their own projects, even when they're like weird and messy, just so it's like kind of better than like vibes or something. I uh, just so they have like some empirical thing that is making contact with the world that they can like sort of latch onto. Um, but I'm also excited about like funders doing this and maybe maybe like working out how to do like pretty good like credit attribution, which is kind of like kind of like an open problem. Um, and it's really hard, and it's a thing that I'm struggling to think about at the moment. Um, like working out like which projects can like get the sort of most impact points or something, um, when like everyone is kind of interacting with each other, and like counterfactual reasoning doesn't work very well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm yeah um, I'm yeah I'm pretty keen on like actual people actually just doing empirical investigations, people actually trying to work out like how valuable like their projects were um, in a way that like you know it feels like more concrete and robust. Um, yeah. Nice. 
Well done, the hot seat question. <laughs> that's great. That's good. Yeah, more, more <laughs> questions like this seem, seem good. Um, okay, well, I guess in that spirit, then, if we sort of stay at this bird's eye view of the whole EA funding landscape, uh, you talked earlier about sometimes doing forecasts for particular grants, but do you have any sort of projections for what the future of the entire EA funding landscape looks like a few years out, um, how things might change, um, you know, considering all those orgs that you had up on your, your chart sure. earlier? Um, and how do your sort of ideas for what that future looks like affect your, your current grant making? Yeah. I think if you'd asked me this question like a year ago from today, I would have said some things like more confidently. Uh, and then like things have obviously changed in the last year in like the, fund, the amount of funding available and funding priority, well, a little bit to funding priorities and stuff. Um, so I just like don't expect to perform very well on this question. Um, yeah, I think if you go on like, I don't know, some things that you could look at, like maybe some things that like might matter are like total funding available that is like committed to some cause area. Uh, and I think that I like I don't know if you go on like Manifold Markets, um, which I think is like a really awesome, a really awesome app, um, which has like sort of like sort of prediction markets. Um, and you, I think there's a question on like, do we expect to see like five billionaire like EA funders or something in the next like five years or ten years or something? And I, and I remember like being a bit surprised. Uh, how high the number was, and I bet against this market. And I think I'm like more. I think I was more pessimistic than the like manifold market in like finding new billionaire funders. Um, partly because like part of the way they expected to find like new billionaire funders was like um, like in the next like five years was based on like crypto doing well um, and like tech stocks in general sort of doing well. Um, and I don't really know that much about crypto or tech. I'm not sure how like well it's doing. I don't want like actually say things in this domain because I just like I'm not an expert. Um, but then, but then again, like I don't know. I think AI is going to go like kind of crazy, and maybe this is like an opportunity for people um, to like make a bunch of money. And so that like does push me in the other direction, and I end up just kind of confused. And I'm just like ah well, you know, just operate as if you like kind of have like you know like kind of like this much money and it grows at like some interest rates um, each year. Um, but yeah, in terms of the actual money, I just don't have any like um, any thoughts here. Um, I also don't have like, I'm, I personally am not aware of like some like secret EA billionaires um, that are like going to come out and like start doing things. There totally may be some, or, or there could be some. I wouldn't expect to know if there were. Um, but I'm not like in a mindset of being like, okay, cool. There's like a bunch of secret money that nobody knows about, and I'm just gonna like plan for that because I just don't know about it. Even if even if there is, um, I wouldn't expect that to be like on priors. Um, yeah. So basically, no interesting takes here. Just like I expect us to like kind of keep having the amount of money that is like that that everyone can sort of like figure out for themselves or something. Um, and like I, I also expect to be like most bottlenecks by like good applications um, and like people that have like spent time becoming like really awesome at whatever the thing they're doing is or like spent time orienting to the world and trying to understand it and like making like really really thoughtful grant applications and I expect this to be like what bottlenecks or impacts much more than like or at least in my domain um, more than like absolute availability of funding. Nice. Um, all right, we've got about three minutes left until 10.30. Um, so if you need to sneak out to something else at 10.30, please feel free to. Um, but Caleb, do you mind if we steal yeah, a couple sure, of that's, questions? Yeah, sure, that's fine. We get to yeah. time? All right, great. Um, so uh, Harry from the audience is uh, thinking about Toby's talk yesterday about promoting character, honesty, integrity in the community, um, activating, cultivating, or actively cultivating these, these virtues and calling out bad behavior. Uh, so a question from him. Do grant makers directly assess 
character currently, and should they? Um, yeah, interesting question. I actually wasn't at Toby's talk, but I do agree with this title, um, and I can like imagine the kinds of things that Toby would say. Um, but yeah, just like forgive me if there are like errors because um, I don't actually understand all of the context. Um, but yeah, in terms of like assessing character, um, I think this is this is a thing that we try and do. Um, like insofar as you're assessing like people. Um, like a lot of like the thing that might predict people's actions is their like character, um, whatever that means. Uh, and I'm yeah, I, I think this is like a pretty important thing. Um, I can think of some salient examples where like people I think acted like badly, um, and I didn't show like this integrity thing that I'm that that I value pretty highly. Um, and I, I think when people show those traits, it's like. Just like from even just from like a consequentialist perspective, like I don't know, I think like funding these kinds of people doesn't have like a great track record, as as far as I can tell. Um, so yeah, this is the thing that you like. I do think this is the thing that you like try and assess, uh, but there aren't like that many um, like sort of like easy ways to do that. Um, I think one thing that is kind of related to this, um, which I haven't, I don't really have like very crystallized thoughts on yet, but. I do think it might be worth, yeah, like one idea that I put into my crazy ideas category, and maybe it's not that crazy, is like, it's plausible that like, you know, um, it's hard to like catch people being deceptive unless they do just like really, really crazy things. And presumably you wanna like catch them before they do the really crazy things. Um, I presume, like presumably people who are like really, really deceptive or something, or like just like openly lie in like very like stakesy context, like probably also lie, like maybe also like lie a bit in like less stakesy context. Um, and maybe it'd be good um, to have like somebody like trying to enforce like incentive mechanisms to be like honest um, and transparent and like show integrity. And like one way you could do that is you could just like be like, you know, as a, as a grant maker, maybe you could just like care a lot about like the integrity thing, um, and you could just have like like sometimes grantees lie to us about their projects, um, and this like kind of sucks in lots of ways. It makes it hard to do the cooperative grant making approach, and like this is like sorry, I'm not necessarily acting on this policy right now, but I think it's pretty plausible that maybe grant makers should be like extremely harsh to people that like actually lie in like applications or something. Uh, and are like actually deceptive and not doing the cooperative moves. And it should be harder for these people to get funding. Um, because like that maybe creates like better incentive mechanisms to so, like just actually be transparent. You probably don't want to optimize like really so you probably don't want to train like really hard against this or something, because then people just get like really, really good at lying to you. Um, and that probably isn't like what I want. Um, but I do think there is like yeah, some some like middle ground here that is like probably like, pretty good. Nice. All right, well, I think uh, integrity is a good note to end on. Um, so please join me one more time in thanking Caleb, uh, not just for the talk today, but for the awesome work you're doing at EA Funds.